Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Jesus said this, if the whole is withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. And uh, I just say that as a challenge for your life. If the Holy Spirit was taking out of your life today until next Sunday, would there be a difference this week? See, we need Him so much. We need a series on the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit. With it. You know, the Christian life is actually impossible. That's why God said, I don't expect you to do this on your own. And Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to empower you by the precious Holy Spirit. It is just the beginning. So we're going to take a bit of time leading up to Pentecost Sunday. And um, next week, Luke's going to be preaching. Looking forward to that. He's going to be speaking on a couple of aspects of the Holy Spirit, which will be very interesting. Um, And I just want to let you know this is not going to be your stock standard series where we go, who is the Holy Spirit? What is his work? What is his... It's going to be a bit different. We're going to try and let the Holy Spirit lead this series. <laughs> That's a good idea. And um, so there's some stuff where I don't want it just to be information, but I want it to be revelation in your life and believing that the Holy Spirit for each week will hit on some things that you might go, oh, I didn't expect that in a sermon about the Holy Spirit. And you'll see some things from a different angle is my prayer and my hope. And so I'm allowing Holy Spirit to lead us in this space. And, and I want us to be a series where we are engaged, where if you feel prompted to respond, whether it is just to receive prayer or prompted to respond in any way in your life, that you realise this is not an information series, this is a participation series. And the Holy Spirit, we want him to be, be, if he was taken out of our church, that we would know the difference. Amen? Okay, so I'm going to take you to the book of Acts because that's a great place to start. And we're going to start at Acts chapter 1, verse 1. So if you've got your Bibles, your, your phones there, go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. And I'm going to um, focus on a key thing about the Holy Spirit which excites me but also is biblically sound about the why God wants you to overflow with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, written by... Luke, who wrote Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and so uh, Luke, Dr. Luke, and so then he writes, this is like the, his second uh, book, and it says this, in my former book, Theophilus, Theo, however you say his name, Theophilus, um, he says, I wrote about all that Jesus, catch this, began to do and to teach. There it is right there, that Jesus wasn't just a teacher of information, he was a doer of impartation. And so he says, but that was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. And he says, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, catch this from last week, if you were here last week, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke, catch this, about the kingdom of God. 
Jesus started his ministry with the kingdom of God and he finishes his ministry with giving us the mission and the commissioning us to be about the message of the kingdom of God. And as a pastor and preacher, I'm quite convicted about that because so often our preaching is about the gospel, which of course it is about, and, but it almost becomes about just get forgiven of sin and get the spirit of God and you go to heaven when you die. But the real message that Jesus came to bring was the message of a new kingdom, the reign of God in our lives on the earth representing heaven here and now it's a kingdom message and so he says that's that's what I really want you to be about in verse 4 it says this on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command I love this command do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about and if you look at uh, this week I encourage you to read John 14 and John 15 to look at what he spoke about the Holy Spirit the gift he was about to give and then he said this For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You went, you know what it is to be baptized with water from John with the forgiveness of sins that you go under the water, you come out. Have you ever seen a baptism? But in a few days time, you're going to be baptized. You're going to be immersed. You're going to be submerged. You're going to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the third part member of the Godhead, not in that order, but Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He is a person and this person is going to so saturate you and fill your life. He's going to baptize, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I love the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for the baptism in the Holy Spirit and what it does to empower my life and empower believers. I'm so thankful for it. But I've got to tell you that when I was first in ministry and when I grew up in church, to say the baptism in the Holy Spirit was like swearing in church. And it really, really was. And I thought it must have been a really bad thing. And it was something to be avoided and something to ostracize people if they ever talk about it. That's just my experience. And, and, uh, and so when I look in the Bible and I realize that it's not the church's word. It's Jesus's words. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And for good reason, some churches and people have been put off by that statement because of extremes. And there are extremes with everything. And maybe you've seen an extreme and you think the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so your mind goes to a place of extreme weird stuff happening. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit was not designed to make you spooky. He wasn't given to make you weird. He was given to make you spiritual and strong. And so this series is hopefully going to put at peace, maybe if there's anxiety in your heart when you hear the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And you can get a biblical look at what it means because it is so important. It makes preaching come alive. It makes lifelessness turn to life again. The Holy Spirit is is what makes life worth the living when he's on the inside of you. Amen. Verse 6, Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See this kingdom message and maybe is this, are we ready now? The kingdom's come. He said to them, it's not for you to know times and dates the Father has set by his own authority. Verse 8, my favourite verse in the whole Bible. But you will receive power, that word dunamis, where we get our English word dynamite from. You will receive dynamite-like power um, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be weird everywhere you go. It doesn't say that. 
And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes. Just imagine this. Put yourself in the shoes. Uh, We've celebrated Easter. And there's there. And here goes Jesus up before their eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. Verse 10. They were looking intently, as you would be, up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus ascended to heaven, the right hand of the Father, seated, interceding on our behalf. So you ask the question today, who is on earth today? Who is, which is part of the Godhead? is on earth today, it is the Holy Spirit. And of course, I know it is one God, but the Holy Spirit is God's presence functioning in the life of the church on earth today. You know, we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and then we have this book called Acts, because when you truly get the Gospel, there will be action, Acts, in your life. Uh, This book, book of Acts is a narrative of the church being born and the narrative of what happened in the early church and the persecution they're under, and it has been defined from about, I think it was 200 BC, as the Acts of the Apostles. But I really believe a better definition would be the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the early believers. When you read it, it is the Acts of the Holy Spirit's power that moves through believers. And I want to encourage you today, the same Holy Spirit in the book of Acts lives in us today as believers and can do the exact same things in the book of Acts through us today as believers. And that is a powerful, shocking statement, really, when you think about it. The same Holy Spirit, we can do through us today the things that he was doing in the book of Acts. And not only that, I'd go a step further and say he wants to. He's looking for a church like the book of Acts church that is open and available and ready to go. Amen. So that's where we're off today. So I want to give you this morning one key thought that the key, one of the key purposes of the Holy Spirit, key things in your life and my life is to give us, and it's the word boldness. That's just one word this morning I'm dropping into our hearts, to be a bold church, to be a bold Christian, that, that it means to be bold. The word boldness is defined as showing a willingness to take risks, a confidence and courageousness. Uh, If you know on your computer, whenever you put something in bold, it stands out. You highlight it. It becomes strong. It becomes vivid. It's got a clear appearance. Someone put it this way. They said, in a biblical sense, boldness is not a personality trait. Catch that. It's not a personality trait. A typically soft-spoken, introverted, calm person can be bold at a time when a typically driven, outspoken or brash person shrinks back. Boldness is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit on an urgent conviction in the face of some threat. That makes sense. The early church are defined by being so bold. They were so bold that they, became, they went from being running away disciples, running away believers, to running into danger believers. They were equipped with this boldness. And I want to give you my first point is that where does this boldness come from in our life? Number one, boldness comes from the resurrection. As it did for the book of Acts, as I said last week, and I really just love that, that, the, that thought that these fearful, running away believers, that the Jesus movement was over 
But once they experienced the resurrected Jesus, once they met Him, once they, once they saw Him, once they saw the evidence, once they had that encounter with Him, something shifted. And then the second thing from the resurrection was to be baptised and immersed with the Holy Spirit, that they had this boldness to run into danger, to, to give their life for what they saw and believed. Amen. It's a boldness. The Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee. Notice that was their that posture before the resurrection. They were fleeing. The wicked flee, though no one pursues. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's how they became. They became as bold as a lion. About 10 years ago, we were more, actually 13, when we lived in Townsville, North Queensland, and we went to one of the... Uh, parks you know the zoo parks and I'll never forget standing behind this fence when they let a pride of lions come out and oh my goodness they just I was just standing there quite casual <laughs> just like oh yeah we're just gonna see some lions today but wow as soon as they opened the gate there's all these just come out like just they were just majestic and they were and they come straight over to, the, to where the the fence was and I was like way back there by now I'm like what I'm like this fence does not look strong enough to hold what I just saw just as they carried themselves you know a lion doesn't have to send you an email to tell you it's bold a lion doesn't have to like try and convince you it's bold it just shows up and you're like wowzers and you see, that's the type of boldness that, that God says, I want you to have that presence about you that comes from the Holy Spirit. Because on Good Friday, Jesus was the Lamb of God slain for the sin of the world. But on Easter Sunday, He was the Lion of the tribe of Judah and rose and conquered death and sin. And that's the type of Lion that wants to get on the inside of you. It's the Lion that got on the inside of the early believers. All through the book of Acts, we see this boldness. Let me just run through a few spots here um, when the lion gets let loose. Uh, Acts chapter 9 verse 27, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord, resurrection, and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul, stole, sta sorry, so Saul stayed with them and moved about free freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Resurrection boldness. Uh, Acts 14 verse 3. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time at this next place, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Out of that boldness, God was moving through signs and wonders. Again, it's not the boldness that makes God's you know, miracles work. But when you're so confident of the resurrected Lord uh, and so confident of who He is on the inside of you, there's a boldness that you just expect miracles are going to happen around you. That's a great thought. Acts 19 verse 8, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months. Man, you'd get tired after that, wouldn't you? Three months of speaking, just straight speaking. Uh, for three months, arguing persuasively, uh, what again? About the kingdom of God. And then right at the end of the book of Acts, Acts 28 verse 31, it says this, he proclaimed, catch this, the kingdom of God. Isn't it wonderful he stayed congruent to the message that Jesus was given him? He didn't drift or go here, the kingdom of God. And he taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrances. I think, I think today we need fresh doses of boldness. Fresh doses of what it means to be bold in our Christian life. And if you want to be, I want to be bolder. 
I want to be bolder to share my faith. I just, I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1999, and I'll never forget the first thing, the difference that it truly made in me was there was just this boldness, like Paul, when he said in Romans 1 verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel anymore. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it. It's the power of God under salvation. And I'm not ashamed. I want to be bold. It was the first thing. And I remember going into my, the footy team that I was living one way and now I'm living another way. And they just noticed that this boldness about me was just different. I just didn't care what they thought of me in a good way. I wasn't going to go and do the things that I had been doing with them because I was turning a different direction and I didn't mind if I lost friends over it because I had gained a friend that sticks closer than a brother and his name is Jesus and he became my best friend and he's given me this power and then I was amazing because I was starting to not be influenced by other people but start to influence other people. See I, I grew up and my mum was uh, a strong Christian and she would, we would go, go to me and my brother. I remember at night when we were very little, we would listen to cassette tapes. Cassette tapes. And we had the whole series from Genesis to Revelations. And I used to love listening to them. And there was a line that always stuck with me about Cain and Abel as we listened to it. And the line was this, it's the older you get, the harder it is to change. And as a young person, I was like, man, it's, uh, you know, what I set now is so important. But you know, I used to have a dilemma, and this is, the, no, this is the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. My dilemma was I would listen to these tapes at night, and then I would go to, before I'd go to sleep, I used to freak out if somebody ever asked me at school what I listened to at night. And I had this sense of shame. I didn't want to, well, I, don't, I cannot lie. But I don't want to tell them, listen to Bible stories. Like, man, how embarrassing. And, and, I, and I remember that so vividly. It was like I had this complex. I just hope no one asked me. You know how they say 99% of the things you worry about never happened? That never happened. No one ever asked me. But the devil will play tricks with you and he'll do things. But when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, it was like, I hope somebody asks me. I want people to ask me. Because you've got this new boldness to be a witness. Boldness. So boldness comes from number one. Uh, I don't know if I'm up, whatever number I'm up to. Boldness comes from my next point, knowing your authority. Knowing your authority. So when Jesus, before he went back to heaven, he said this in Matthew 28, 18. And we often just run over this. If you've been in church, try and just say, Lord, give me a fresh revelation of this. It says, then Jesus came to them again them and said, sorry, all authority in heaven and a little bit of earth. No, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Why? Because this is where he had conquered. Easter was the victory. He had gone down and taken the keys off the devil and given him the biggest headbutt and like, come back up with power and he's uh, taken victory. Now he's got the, 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 the authority on earth because who knows that Adam and Eve lost that authority on earth that the keys to the earth were given over because of sin and because of giving that legal permission now for the enemy on the earth and, and, and what happened with that, another sermon. But Jesus has regained the authority of heaven and earth. And it says this, Therefore go, this is transferring it to us, to the church, and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The reason, one of the reasons why the disciples went from being fearful to fearless is because of their newfound authority. They had been given the authority from Jesus. And when you have authority, you should have boldness with it. 
You see, a policeman is not afraid to put up his hand and stop you when you're driving down the road. And he's not afraid to do it. He's not sort of like wondering with you. So he stands there boldly and puts up his hand because he knows what he's wearing and he knows the authority the government has given him is backing him up all the way and consequences will happen if you don't do what he says. He's got this boldness with the authority that comes. And so you and me should have this boldness over the enemy that's coming to steal, kill and destroy, to lift up your hand and say no more in Jesus' Name. Not in this marriage in Jesus' Name. Not in this family in Jesus' Name. Not in my kid's life in Jesus' Name. I'm standing up against that on the authority that God has given me and I'm going to speak His Word. Amen? Authority releases boldness when you know the authority of the believer. And we have, we have all that authority. Another thought is that boldness comes from being intimately in communion with Jesus. Acts 4.13, I don't think I put this on the screen, sorry, but it says this in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realised they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. This is when they were under persecution and they, they, says they, they looked at Peter and John and they, they were astonished at their courage. I mean, if they were, the world was so amazed at their courage, unschooled, ordinary men. Uh, who's been to school? We've got some schooled people here. How much more us, the boldness that we should have. But notice it, they'd realise, you know what, they've been with Jesus. And this is in the book of Acts. They've, they've been in His presence and something has rubbed off in, and it's courageous and it's boldness. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more bolder we'll become, amen? The more we are filled with Him, the more we're filled with His thoughts, with His ways, with His words, we become bold. The next thought is that boldness comes also from knowing your righteousness, your authority and your righteousness. It says the righteous are bold as a lion and there's a correlation there in that proverb between being righteous and being bold as a lion. And the position that we have in Christ of righteousness releases boldness in our life. So this is so important. It's why we need to always put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because when you put on, and in Greek that is heart protector, when you put on your righteousness, when you appropriate it and recognising that I am right with God, right now, because of all Jesus did. He gave me his righteousness. When God looks at me, he sees all the good stuff Jesus is. And he doesn't see all the bad stuff I am and was. And when you put that on, that should give you boldness in a lot of areas of our life. Because righteousness dissolves shame, dissolves that guilt. Righteousness is who you really are. Remember last week I said that there's a new, that's your new wardrobe. That's your new name. You are right before God. You are righteous no matter what you did last week, no matter what you did last night, no matter what, you, what, what you're going to do tomorrow. Your righteousness is never based on your performance. It's based on Jesus' performance at the cross and resurrection. And it's the grace of God that we just receive that righteousness. You know, if I'm praying for people, I'm not praying thinking, gee, have I lived a holy life this week? Can I pray for someone? Have I, have I done enough? I'm, I'm praying out of the righteousness that is in me, the line inside of me that is none of me. It's all Him, the Holy Spirit. 
And so you pray with boldness over people. Pray that they be healed by the stripes of Jesus, that you are healed in Jesus' name. Not because I'm a pastor, not because I have a position, but because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you're not a Christian here this morning, I want to encourage you that he who knew no sin, that's Jesus, never sin, became sin for you that you could become right with God right now. That's the good news of the gospel, and it releases boldness. Boldness. You have a lion inside, let him out. And how do you let the lion out? I've got two last key thoughts before we finish off. And these are the two last key thoughts. Number one, again, boldness is what this is all about. Uh, and to let that boldness out, it requires uh, speaking. Speaking boldly. That's where God wants us to have an impartation of his power that that we speak boldly for Jesus. We see that all through the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the Bible says it is to be a witness. And what does a witness do? A witness gives evidence. A witness speaks and says what they they testify of what they have seen. They, they give a testimony. And I want to encourage you, there is nothing more powerful in your life than your personal testimony. That what God has done in your life. Revelations 12.11 says, They overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. It's the word of your testimony that releases life and power. And there are some people here that go, you know what, I, don't, I just don't have a great testimony, Brad. It's not as powerful as other people's. And I want to say to you, rubbish. There, in every single testimony, there is only one hero and his name is Jesus. It's not about you. It's about him. So if you grew up in a Christian home and just lied a few times and feel like you've lived a pretty good life, it's the same Jesus that saved you from the same hell that saved the drug addict, that saved the, whoever, the criminal. It's the same Jesus. Everybody has the exact same power in their testimony. It will just connect with people on different levels. It will relate to people in different ways. Can I encourage you? Can I challenge you? One of the first things I did after the baptism of the Holy Spirit was I wrote out my testimony in pen and paper. Um, Ran out of ink. No, really. I, I, I wrote it down. I got out of, and I just wrote a few pages and I wrote it down and I read it back to myself. And that wasn't for other people. That was for me. Because I wanted to get familiar with how I would articulate to somebody what Jesus has done in my life. Because I have an obligation to share the gospel. And so do you, by the way, if you're a Christian here this morning. And can I encourage some people like, oh, <clears throat> here's another good encouragement. If you were to answer the question today, and the question is simply this, what does Jesus mean to you today? What does Jesus mean to you this week? And as you would answer that, that actually is your current testimony. And that's the power that is on your life right now. When you go, well, this week, Jesus has been my comforter. Let me tell you how he's been my comforter. Well, this week, Jesus, he has really been my saviour. Let me tell you, the bad week I've had and how he's just forgiven me. I've made some stupid decisions and he's really forgiven me. This week, Jesus has been my healer. This week, Jesus actually has been my restorer. I was in bad relationship with this person and, uh, you know, things weren't good and we were able to re reconcile. And, sort of, and there's, there's a current testimony, a living testimony on all of our lives if we, as we walk in the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to, to stop and think about that. What would it be to you? Because every day, 
when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there should be an element of, of our life that we don't know what's going to happen. Now, you might know where you're going to be and what you're going to do, but that's why I, you know, I love living where we live. I love Kalamunda. I love the city. I love all the people because you can generally meet people every day, someone different. When I grew up in a small country town, I was related, related to everybody, so I knew everybody. And everything was sort of predictable. You have seeding, you have harvest, everything's like just... And my personality, I just love change and things. But, but it's, every day there's an opportunity with the Holy Spirit. And that's like even my preaching. I, I, I wrestle a lot preparing sermons because I never feel like I've finished. And it's because I've got this thing on the inside of me where I sometimes don't know what I'm going to say. Because I want the Holy Spirit to lead me. Now, that doesn't mean I don't prepare. It means I probably over-prepare. <laughs> I remember my last church, one of the ladies said to me, he says, do you, get, do you get permission from Sky to share some of the stuff you say? I said, I don't know, I'm going to say it until I get there. It's too late. But the Holy Spirit wants that element on your life of a little bit of unpredictability that you can be ready in season and out of season, that you can be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is within you. And if you've got no hope within you, you're missing the resurrected Lord on the inside because there should be something where people would go, why are you happy today? Why have you got joy today? What is it about you? And I want to encourage you. I'm just giving some food for thought. Uh, as we go about our lives in the city of Kalamunda, and, and there's certain people that you'll see regularly if you get your coffee at one place or if you get your drinks there or you go to... Remember people's names and, and just pray for that person. Don't have to do it out loud. But imagine being so bold when someone shares with you something and you can go back, hey, can, can I pray for you now? Can I pray for you right now? They say, and I haven't got the stats before me, you probably heard other preachers, they say that 99% of the time people never say no, even if they're not a Christian, because who doesn't want to be blessed? You're praying for me. That's the kind of boldness to release your testimony. It's what happened to Peter when he went from denying Christ, and I don't even know him, to cursing him. And, to, and, and the, Bible, I love, the Bible says when Peter, the rooster crowed three times, it said Peter went away and wept bitterly. Peter's tears were... Profound, and there was a bitter, bitter repentance about his life, and he was so regretful. And 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 you know, I just love how when Jesus said, "Oh, you know, when he's risen from the dead, oh, go tell the disciples and Peter, go tell him I want to see Peter." And he restored him with such power. He went from cursing Jesus to getting up on the day of Pentecost, filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit and preaching. And 3,000 people got saved that day. That's what God can do. You might feel weak and introverted. And I can't speak out loud and that sort of thing. God wants to turn you into a person that's confident and bold. It doesn't mean you stand with a microphone. It doesn't mean you have to proclaim it loud. You can be quietly, softly spoken and be more powerful than anyone with a microphone with the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You can give someone that smile, that look, that handshake and that, that makes a difference in Jesus' name. This is not a personality type. Boldness is not personality, it's spiritual. And it, it looks different in your personality, but it's a strength on the inside of you of the lion of the tribe of Judah. But one thing he wants you to do is to be able to speak out your testimony. Notice on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit come, he loosed the tongues first of people. And they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the first thing God was saying, hey, when my Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, I'm going to cause you to be able to speak the gospel in a relatable language to people that you don't know. And that's what the boldness is for, to be a witness with the power of God. Is that making sense? 
And lastly, this last thought is that boldness not only with our words but with our actions and deeds. I pray this week you have an opportunity to be bold and to speak by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray this week that we have opportunity to be bold with our actions and deeds because we saw that this, I want to read to you what happened to Stephen. Stephen was the first martyr to be stoned. It says this in Acts 7 verse 54. I don't think it's on the screen. It's not. Oh, yeah, part of it is. It says when they were stoning Stephen, it says in verse 55, but Stephen being stoned, our first Christian martyr, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and standing in the right, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I have seen heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. That's Paul who wrote the New Testament. He's standing there. What a turnaround. While they, saw, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. This boldness to, of the early disciples, of the early church to run into persecution, not to shy away from it, to stand boldly because they had had the risen Jesus get on the inside of them. And I just love the, the couple of devotional thoughts as I was reading that. I want to encourage people that it's, it is bold to repent. It is bold to ask for forgiveness. It is bold to forgive others. Full of the Holy Spirit, he was forgiving those who were persecuting him. That's a powerful, powerful thing. He, he's like, I'm going into heaven and I'm not taking any bitterness with me. I'm going to keep walking light and free. I'm just one breath away. And there he went. And he's, he did. The Bible says in that Revelation scripture I quote, quoted before, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of the, the, your testimony and they loved not their own life unto death. They loved not their own life. See, when we're so in love with our own life and that's what we're holding on to, we don't have the boldness that God wants us to have. But when we love not our own life unto death, that they, these Christians would give their life for who they had seen, the risen Lord. And they did give their life for it. That's true boldness. But maybe you're not called to give your life, but you're called to give something, to give time, to give to ministry, to, to, to give your talents, to give your treasures, to, to give finances, to give love, to give compassion. You know that guy who had the, had the uh, one talent? Remember that story? And, the one, and, and one had ten and one had one had one. The Bible says that he was afraid, so he went and buried his talent. You know what it was that didn't get his talent released? No boldness. Fear. He was afraid. And fear holds us back so much, doesn't it? It holds us back, fear. Yeah, the learnt thing of fear from a baby. You don't see a baby, get a baby would go up to a lion and put his hand in the mouth. No fear at all. But we learn fears and the devil loves people learning fear. Fear over and over to cripple us. But in the name of Jesus, we're going to pray this morning. We're going to release a, a, a spiritual sense of boldness in our life and pray for it. Because my last point is that they did pray for boldness in the New Testament. It was something they prayed for. They received the Holy Spirit. But my last slide, and Nikki, if you want to come back up, that's great. My last slide on the screen is in Acts chapter 4, where they actually prayed. They'd been gone back to their own people. Who was it? Peter and John. And, um, and they got together after being persecuted. And it says on the screen, And now, Lord, they looked up to heaven. They were praying this prayer. Look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak. Were word with all boldness. So they're praying for it. 
And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, catch this, and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. The Holy Spirit filling them afresh, producing boldness to speak God's Word. And that's not just for a preacher, that is for you. That is for what you say about your situation. That is for what you say about your problems to speak boldly God's Word. Notice when David ran up at Goliath, he ran at Goliath. And as one preacher once said, don't ever run at your Goliaths with your mouth closed. David ran and he boldly said, today, Goliath, I'm going to cut off your head and it's going to be bird food. He basically called him, you, are bir- you like, look like a giant, but I call you bird food because I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And so often we're running at our giants, looking at how big they are. And God's saying, no, I want you to speak boldly my word. Speak boldly that he will, um, he will provide all our needs according to his riches in glory. Yeah, Run towards your giant. That's what changes when we've got boldness. We run towards it, not away from it. So there's going to be lots more. I feel like to, call, to pray now and uh, I want to seal this message. But I just want to encourage you over this series. Just to lean in, respond how God would have you respond. And that boldness would be manifested more and more in our life. But maybe for you this morning, you've never, you've never actually said, Holy Spirit, you know, to be, and there'll be another message on this, but to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is available to every believer who is a Christian. And it's not about getting your life perfect and all that sort of thing, but there will be a yearning on the inside of you, a yearning for more of God, in a sense. I mean, you can't get any more of Him. He's in there, right? But you can get the baptism of the Holy Spirit for empowerment. And there's a yearning for it. If there's no yearning, there's no hunger, then maybe you're not ready for that, mate. But when there's this yearning and hunger, and that's what happened with me, I was just so thirsty, so hungry. And Jesus said that out of your belly would flow streams of living water. By this, He spoke of the Spirit when He prophesied about it. So if you're yearning for that and hungry for that more and feel like you just, and, and you just need a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit, I encourage you just to come forward and our prayer team will be down here and I'd love to pray with you. But why don't you stand as I pray, pray a blessing over us, stand together.